We are in, we're in a season, and our one word for this season is forward. Good to see you all. Forward, forward, forward. Tell somebody it's time to move forward, you know. Yep, 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 yep. There comes a time when you've spent enough time where you are. <laughs> and you need to move forward. Sometimes when we talk about moving forward, or some people say moving on, or moving past, um, sometimes it's difficult to move forward or move past because you're dealing with some stuff that's right here, right now, and it becomes an Achilles heel for you. It becomes an Achilles heel for us all, and it becomes difficult for us to get past it. And sometimes we don't even know what we're dealing with. It's hidden or it's masked, and we have to help. We have to find someone to help us find it, help us understand it. Today I'm going to talk to you in, in this. Let me say up front, the things I have to say, I pray that you will hear the love, hope, dominion, and power in it. Okay. I pray that you will hear the love, hope, dominion, and power in it. Number two, I want everybody to realize if you've never gone through something that you didn't understand and you couldn't get yourself out of it, just live longer. Tell your neighbor, just live a little bit longer. <laughs> just live a little bit longer, little bit, live a little bit longer, and you might find yourself in a place where you're dealing with something that you can't will your way out of it. It's something that you have to deal with, right? The Bible is replete. The Bible is complete. The Bible is filled with men and women who went through something. Men and women who finally look up to God, and I'll just give you the best example, and that's Jesus. Lamai, 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 Sabethani. Lord Jesus, God, why have you forsaken me? That's Jesus. Why am I forsaken? Why do I feel alone? Why am I in this place? Why do I feel like everything around me is falling apart? Why do I feel like nothing I do comes together? Why? Do I, I give, I serve, I serve my community, I love God, I love my family, I'm doing all this wonderful stuff, and it seems like I have great resolutions, I have great goals, I have great everything, but it seems like things don't work out for me. Sometimes it's because there's something else going, in, going on inside of us we need to stop and take care of. Right? I want to use this as my example because he just has a lot of good stuff, Elisha, Elijah, rather. I want to use Elijah for my time this morning, and I want to point out some things, but at the end, I, I want to tell you a little bit about his story, and then at the end, I want to give you some things that you can hold on to, and then I'm hopeful that you'll come back tonight for the healing, our healing time together, all right? My title this morning is Come Out. Say that to yourself. Come out, come out. At the, at the end of the story with Elijah, he finds himself three times, three times he's running from God, two times he finds himself separate in a cave. And this great man of faith, this great man of doing big things for God, finds himself in a place where he's even scared of God. So don't feel like there's something wrong with you if you can't always get a, a handle on your emotions. <laughs> big people who do big stuff for God go through big and high swings. They're up, they're down, they're in, they're out. It's just the way it is for some reason. Amen? <laughs> Are you okay with that? Right. So now, let me, let me just take you through a little bit of his story just in case you've never heard it. Elijah, Elijah is the prophet during the time of Israel when it has one king after another king after another king, and none of them want to serve God. But he's the prophet in that area, era, and he's leading the school of the prophets. In 1 Kings 16.30, we see that Ahab now, Ahab is the king at the beginning of this story. Ahab is the king, and uh, Ahab is the king, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. When you see that in Scripture, Ahab is the king, but Elijah, a man of God, is the prophet. So Ahab does evil in the sight of the Lord. What is evil? Evil is 
simply, he decided not to follow God. He built altars that were ungodly. He served gods that weren't the God of Israel. But he's the king. I, I mean, Elijah is the prophet, and he's trying to steer Elijah. I mean, he's trying to steer Ahab. But Ahab doesn't listen to Elijah, so finally he has to do this. In 1 Kings 17, in 1 Kings 17 is the first verse. Y'all trekking with me? He says, since I can't get the king to go back to the rudiments of serving God, I'm going to proclaim a fast. There, now, there won't be dew and there will not be rain for these years to come. He's prophesying so that he can hopefully bring the children of Israel back to serving God. He says, there won't be, now this is the same God that's going to be in a cave in a minute, but hear his words. Can you hear his audacity? He said, there will not, won't you, let's read the whole thing. And Elijah the Tisbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years. Read the last phrase. Say so he's a bad boy now. He's a bad boy. He's got his chest sticking out. He is getting ready. I mean, he is in charge. He knows who he is. He is standing in the presence of God. He says, I am in the presence of God. This is what I do. I stand in God's presence. I get a word for you, and I come out, and I share it with you boldly. I ain't running from nobody. I ain't scared of y'all. <laughs> I'm, not a scare, I'm not afraid of anything that could happen to me. I'm not afraid of anything wrong going on. I'm not afraid of any trouble in my business, in my marriage, in my body. I'm telling you what God's getting ready to do here. It's a bad boy. Let's trek with him just a little bit more. Let's go to, let's go to uh, uh, the 18th chapter, the first and second verse. So now it's three years later. We've just skipped three years. There hasn't rain, there hasn't, no rain, no dew, no fog, no nothing. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely nothing that's moist has fallen on the earth or come up from the earth. There is a drought, and when there's no water, there's no food. Okay? You see it now? So God tells him to do something. God tells him to do something. In the first verse of chapter uh, 18, it says, And it came to pass after many days that the Lord God, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. Let me slow down. In the third year, what did he say? Go and present yourself to Ahab and he said to him, just go and just stand there. All I'm asking you to do is just go to Ahab and just stand there and then I'm going to send rain. Go and present yourself. Say, Ahab, I'm here. God wants to send rain and then God will send rain. Write that down, please. Just write it down. All God asked him to do was present himself. That's all God asked. You hear? Let's see what Elijah does, though. <laughs> Let's see what he does. In 1 Kings uh, 18, the 20th verse, the 20th verse, 21st. So Ahab is doing his thing. We'll, let's, da, 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 da. we'll go down to the 21st verse, right? Thank you so much. Let's read it together. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. But the people answered him nothing. Here is the children of Israel who served God. He says to them, if God is God, serve him. If Baal is God, serve him. The people say, we're just indifferent. Elijah, who's on his way to just stand in Ahab's presence, stands in front of God's people first, and they have no passion for serving God. None. There's nothing there. There's no heart. There's no spirit. There's no, there, there's no power. There's no strength. 
There's no worship. There's no lifting of hands. There's no glorifying God. There's no gratitude for bringing them out. There's no honor. There's no power. There's no bowing. There's nothing. They didn't answer him a word. And watch what he does. It's amazing. This story is amazing to me. If you're not, it's amazing to you. 23. I'm going to skip that. 23. Verse 23. It says, therefore, he says, since y'all don't know who God is, and they don't know who God is, the people of God don't know who he is, and the sinners don't know who he is, I know all I was supposed to do is come here and stand, but I'm going to set up a showdown. This is, this is 12 o'clock at the LK Corral. This is me and Muhammad Ali centering in the Omni. Who told him to do that? No one. It's not even the instructions God gave him. Because he's a bad boy. Watch what he says. Therefore, let them give us two bulls. Two bulls and let them, the pagans, let them choose a bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, and, but put no fire under it now. We're going to lay the bull there. We're going to put some wood there, but there won't be any fire. Next he said, and I will prepare another bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. We're getting ready to see who's the God of fire. God ain't told him, don't you go down there telling him and, and setting up no contest for me. He down there getting ready to set up a contest for the God of gods. And the God of gods didn't tell him to do it. There's a lot of stuff you decide to do that God didn't necessarily tell you to do. It's stuff you feel like doing because you love God. Because you got a burning in your heart or the desire in your spirit. And you just do stuff that God didn't necessarily say do. I'm saying that if you're going to do that, if you're going to decide to do a business, if you're going to decide to go to school, if you're going to decide to get married, if you're going to decide to build a family, you got to know that you got to stay close to the God that birthed it in you in the first place. If you don't, you're going to be disappointed. Hear what I'm saying to you today. So, so, so he says, we're going to put verse 24. Then listen to him. Listen to what he's talking about. Then you call on the name of your gods. We'll see what happens. And I will call on the name of the Lord. And read, it, read the last phrase. And the God. Tell your neighbor he's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. He done call God down and say, God. I'm fixing to put you in a fight. So, so let me talk to you this. So now in the 18th verse, 27 through 40, we see the prophets of Baal. We see them coming out. They got their bull there. They got everything ready. It's laid on the thing. And now they're calling on their God. They're scratching themselves, cutting themselves. They're chanting. They're, they're doing all this weird stuff. Nothing is happening. No fire, no power, no nothing. And there are over 400 of them. Nothing's happening. So, so in, verse, in verse 29 of chapter 18, verse 29, if you go there, it says, And when midday was passed, y'all read this, right? Here. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering, the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice. No one, none of their gods, they had a lot of gods. Not one of their gods showed up for this party. Nobody stepped up here in their gods. No one did anything for their God. But y'all know Elijah now is like, especially when no one showed up to fight his God. He's like, uh-oh, let me up the ante on this, this match we got here, right here. Listen, listen to what he says. This is, this is amazing. This is amazing. And, and I'll skip a lot of that. I'll just go down to verse 37. Go down to verse 37. It's, 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 just, it's just amazing what he thinks. He says, hear me. <laughs> he, he even said, let me go back. He even said, he says, your gods, where are they? 
His last comment was, maybe he's in the bathroom and can't leave. <laughs> maybe he's busy. Maybe he's occupied. Then he says, well, well, you know, maybe he's just someplace, you know, we can't find him. He is poking. Then he says, to God. Hear me. Oh, Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are owner and king, Lord God. You own everything and everybody, and you're the king of the world. You're Adon. You're Adonai. And that you have, what is he doing? Turn. God, I'm asking you to come and participate in this so that we can turn people's hearts back to you. Not turn people's hearts back to other people. But if you're looking at people face to face and you never take time to look at God face to face, you're going to be messed up every time. Because nobody on this planet has the right face. So here we go now. So, what happens after that? Verse 38. You need to read it. Then the fire of the Lord fell and... No, 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 no. No, I missed a couple of things you didn't know. So let me... Watch this now. It's a, it's, a, it's a drought. It has not rained in three years. The rivers have dried up. The lakes and the ponds have dried up. The only water in the country is what the king manages. Before this, Elijah said, look, I got my bull on the altar. I ain't putting him on your altar. I'm not putting him on your altar. That's to false gods. I build an altar to the Lord over here. <clears throat> my bull is over here. There's wood. And then he said, dig a trench around it. They're like, why are we digging a trench around it? This boy's showing out. <laughs> dig a trench around it. Then he said, bring me four barrels of water. There ain't no water except the precious water that the king had. So Ahab allowed him. They poured four barrels on. He said, do it again. Four more barrels. Say it with me, y'all. Do, do it again. Twelve barrels of water on the sacrifice. It's wet. It's soaking. And the trench around it is full of water. I'm setting you up for something. Then the fire of the Lord, you can keep it right there. So what happened? Then the fire, then the fire of the Lord fell. It consumed the bull, the wood, the stones. Now God's showing out. He said, I'm going to burn up the rocks. Elijah ain't bad. It's his God. That's bad. And whenever you know that your God is bad, then you do bad stuff in the name of your God. You get to the place where there ain't no backup in you. There ain't no quit in you. If something went wrong, it only means that God wants to do something else. That if it ain't working, eventually it's going to work because my God never fails. And if you see him like that, he'll show up like that. Say it with me. If I see him like that, he will show up like that. Sometimes I can tell, and I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but I'll get there. Sometimes I can tell when I'm getting ready to go through something. I can tell when I'm getting ready to go through something, and I have to start realizing it. What I did realize is that once I do something great, once I complete a goal, once I get something accomplished, I have to be prepared for the devil to show up. I have to be prepared for depression to show up. I have to be prepared for something that's going to challenge what I just did. As soon as you buy the house, 
As soon as you enroll in school, as soon as you get married, as soon as you get pregnant, as soon as you start the business, as soon as you reach a goal, you got to know something's coming. If you don't know, and, and I'm ahead of myself, if you don't know, that very thing can lead you into a depression. You'll get depressed over something God did and you didn't even do. Say it with me. If he did it once. He can do it again. Y'all, read it. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, come on, the wood and the stones and the dust. Now, that's hell, God. Now, God, you're showing out. You're showing out. You're showing out. You're burning up dust. And then the fire came down in such a way that every drop of water that was in the trench or spilled out, it licked it up. It's amazing what God wants to do through your life. And how, how big he is at accomplishing it. That there's absolutely nothing impossible. But, 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 but that's not my point. So watch this now. So watch this now. So what he did was, he said, now I've proven that God is God and your God ain't nothing. <laughs> he was weighed and balanced and came up wanting. So all you prophets, this was not just the showdown. Because before I set this up, I said, if my God is not God, kill me. And y'all agreed. If your God is not God, kill y'all. You agreed to this. This was our agreement. We, we signed a contract. So since my God showed up by fire, it took several hours, but all 400 and something of those prophets were slain. They all died because their God didn't show up. All of them. And then this happened, chapter 19, 1 through 3. The man of God who got God to move, got God to send fire. It only took one thing. Changed everything in his life. Read it. And Ahab told the queens. Because see, Ahab had the, had, okay, Ahab had the title of king, but it was the queen that was running the house. That's for family series. <laughs> Ahab told Jezebel, his wife, all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Next verse. Next verse. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to the man of God, the big, the big guy, the big, bold leader. What did she say? So let the gods do to me if I do not make your life What did she tell him? What's she telling him? I asked you, what is she telling him? When? <laughs> you have 24 hours. You will be dead in 24 hours. Now, I, I, I don't want to ask you, I don't want to go any further until I ask you this question. If you were Elijah and you just did that, what would you do next once you heard those words? Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me, huh? What would you do next if you're the Elijah that we just talked about? We just talked. Did we just talk about him? 
And now you get a note, you get a text, a, a DM, a, 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 a smoke signal. Uh, she ain't even standing here. She just sent someone to tell you. If you were him, the man we just talked about, what would you do? Huh? Really? You would have been like, bring it on. What we doing? <laughs> After you do something big, you are now vulnerable. It took energy to do what you did. It took energy to start that business. It took energy to start that family. It took energy to start that career. It took energy to get pregnant. It took energy. It took a lot out of you. You are now vulnerable, and you got to know and understand spiritually something is coming. Because that ain't what he did. He didn't bow up and say, bring it on. If I can handle 400 of your boys, I'll just let God take care of this. But I'm going to do what I do. Next verse. Read it. And when he saw that, he rose and ran. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. There is nothing wrong that he ran because he doesn't realize what I'm telling you. As soon as you do something big, you don't wait for a threat. You run to God. You take every new thing that you're doing, you keep it in God's hands. There's nothing wrong with him because he ran. He just didn't, he wasn't able to live in the experience of seeing this a lot. This is his first time going through something like this. This is huge. So you never feel guilty that you find yourself in a place and you feel like you're running. The question is, what do you do? He ran for his life. He went to Bathsheba. He went all over the place. He, he, he went to Judah, and he left his servant there. He said, I don't even want anybody to see me in this mental state. I don't want anyone to realize what I'm really going through. I don't want anyone to realize that I'm a bit unstable now. I don't want anyone to realize that I'm dealing with fear. I don't want anyone to realize that that same guy that poured all the water on everything, that same man that's in the pulpit, <clears throat> that same person that's ushering, that same person that has all these kids, I don't want anybody to know my marriage is going through something. I don't, want, I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody to know that I lost my house. I don't want people to know I'm going through something. I don't want them to know. I'd rather be here by myself and not have anybody know. Because as soon as they know, they're going to look at me different. They're going to start to treat me different. So you stay here. I'm going to go by myself. You can leave your wife out of your struggle and your husband out of your struggle and your children out of your struggle. You can leave your pastor out of your struggle. You can start to leave people out of your struggle, and then eventually you find yourself by yourself. And they say in law, the dumbest person in the world is one who has himself for a lawyer. You are in the dark if you are your counselor. And God knows people going to talk about you on social media regardless of whether you say anything. So don't give them nothing to say. Y'all, y'all, okay. <clears throat> you, you could be in a place where you're just like, look, 
Look, and I'm in church. I'm a man of God. Now, where I'm from, y'all don't even say it right up here. We say it like this in the South. I'm a man of God. We put a D at the end. (laughs) Can I tell you, men of God go through stuff? She threatens him. Watch this now, 19 and 4. Let's read it quick because I got to get to my list here. 19 and 4. But he himself went day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed, just kill me. Just kill me. Take me out. I can't bear this. It's too much. The emotional wounds. I'm not going to make it through this. I can't kill myself. Would you? Just take me out. And he prayed that he might die and said, it's enough. Go back to that one. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. That literally means I'm overwhelmed. I'm not even processing correctly. I don't remember my password to my phone anymore. I got too much stuff in my head. I forgot what I was supposed to be doing at work. I didn't even realize that an an hour went by on the clock, and I haven't even been working here at my desk. I can't even tell you what I was thinking about for that hour. I can't recall it even. It doesn't even make sense to me. Why don't I even remember what I was just doing? I just wasted an hour. I don't even understand this. My child was calling my name and finally shook me to get my attention. Why, why, why couldn't I hear my own child? It's too much. So now, Lord, take my life, for I am, I thought I was at least as anointed as the prophet before me. I thought the anointing of Samuel, I thought, I thought the anointing of Obadiah, I thought the anointing of all these other prophets was on me. Now, I'm no better than any of them. Kill me, Lord. I'm no better than my spiritual heroes. I'm no, be- I'm no better than my mentors. I'm no better than the spiritual people in front of me. I'm, I'm, I don't have what I thought I had. One threat. Are y'all okay? I know you are. You're listening, ain't you? Let me show you what God does. Next verse. Next verse. What did God say to him? What did the angel say to him? Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and what? Look at God here. Look at God showing up and saying, you're right. You ain't nothing like the prophets before you. What's wrong with you? You should have been able to go through this. You should have stood before her and said, bring it on, lady. It's not what God said. As a matter of fact, God didn't say anything except here is some food and some water. What do I want you to do? Eat it, drink it, and lay down. Because there ain't nothing wrong with you, Elijah. You just tired. Tell somebody, you can just be tired. Just woe out. Every day, all day, same thing, same people, same problems. Just woe out. Eat some good food and go to Tell your children, mama is going in the bedroom. I am going to stop taking days off and traveling. Take a day off, go to your favorite hotel, get you some food you like, tell them to bring it to you, eat it, put on your pajamas, spray on some Chanel or Aqua Velva, and go to sleep. Leave your phone with somebody else and tell them you'll kill them if they call you. You can just be tired. 
tired. I'm just tired. I'm not mad. I know I said something that was mad. Now, it was mean. It's pretty good, too. came out of here. But it wasn't really. <laughs> I had a real good friend that was saved, but he just got saved. He had just got saved. He had just got saved. Can I just tell it? He had just got saved, and we were talking about something, and we were challenging one another. I mean, he cussed me out so smooth. I, I never, it was like he was singing to me. I mean, he went back to his old self. He cussed me out. He called me everything. When he got done, I just, I was laughing. He said, what you laughing at? I said, that was so funny. You was like you were doing it. He said, what did I do? I said, you just cussed me out. He said, ooh, I did. I said, yeah. I said, look, bro, you're working three jobs trying to make it through college. You haven't slept in four weeks. You need to go home and go to sleep. When you sleep, God can help your soul catch up with what's happening around you. When you close your eyes, now you're unconscious. And the Holy Spirit inside your consciousness prays for you, strengthens you, gives you revelation, answers to your problems. But if you never shut down, You get no revelation. Job said, the revelation I got came to me on my bed. Tell your neighbor, go to sleep. Now, they look back at you like, uh-uh, you don't know what kind of stuff I got to do. I got so much to do tomorrow. <laughs> I got things I got to take care of. I'm, you know, I'm busy. I'm out here. I'm out here now. I'm doing some stuff. No, you is killing yourself. And yourself needs to rest. Okay, okay. Say, you're just tired. Now watch this now. Watch this now. Here we go. Chapter 19, verse 11. He's run for his life. He's running for his life. Oh, let me see. Ooh. No. 19 verse 9, his story. 19 verse 9. It says, what, did he, what happened? And there he went to a cave. And he spent the night in that place. And what happened? Behold, what happened? Uh, a word, not God. I want you to, I, I want you to understand this. And this is the reason why you can't, you can't get healed in a cave. God's not going to live in a cave with you. He's not going to do it. It's not his desire for you. But he went to the cave and spent the night there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and it said to him, here's the question I want to ask you this morning. What are you doing here in this cave? In this place of seclusion, in this place of darkness, dank and damp, in this place of hiding, in this place of loneliness, God asks him, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? He asked him that a little bit later, but I'll get to that one in a second. He said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he told God what happened. It's a whole lot better in the 11th through the 14th verse. So this is God's instructions to him. He said, in verse 11, he said, go out. What does it say? Go out of what? Go out of what, though? Go out of the cave. Now, my title today is come out. It's not go out. Go out is what God told him. I want to help you understand this. Your encouragement for people who are going through something is to invite them to come out. Don't receive a long-lasting invitation to go in. Okay, some of you are in the right hemisphere. That means you're trying to comprehend what I said. Let me make it plain. If God won't dwell in a cave with people, you shouldn't either. 
Your invitation is, sweetheart, I love you. God loves you. Come on out of there. No, I want you to come in. Oh. If I come in, we both die. Well, you don't love me. Uh, you must have a weird definition of love if you want us all to die. Our only hope is if you come out. If you come out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, come out, stand on the mountain before the Lord, and let him deal with you because he's not coming by. And the Bible says, you, you've read this, you've heard this. He passed by, the Lord passed by in a great strong wind. He tore into the mountains, but the Lord was not in the wind. He came in an earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. He came in fire, but the Lord was not in a fire. Because eventually the Lord was in the still small voice when you come out of where you are. Now God can speak to you. So here's some things I want you to write down. Okay? We good? Pastor Martin, are you telling us this because you know? Yes, I know several times. Have lots of experience with this. I have lots of experience. Lots of experience as a little boy doing stuff that no one else was doing and then having the attack then doing something great, then having the attack, then doing something great, then having the attack. Have tens of experience. I know this. A cave is a place of hiding, seclusion, and it lies to you that tells you you're safe here. You're not safe. You're not safe there. You are withdrawn. Wow, just felt the anointing right there. You're simply withdrawn. And here's what God asked him again. What are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 13, say it to yourself, what am I doing here? Here's what the question is asking. What brought you to this mental state you're in? What are the incidents that happened? What are the circumstances? As you see it, Elijah, what brought you here? Did something happen to you that you know or something you don't know? Do you need help from a professional or a prophetic person or a minister? Do you need help from someone that can help you answer why you're here? What brought you here? What happened? What happened? What happened? We can't laugh or smile this way. We have to eventually find out what it is. And if you can't pull your own tooth, you go to a professional <laughs> that knows how to do these things. Well, I'm spirit-filled. My pastor said to me, Bishop Strong said to me, he was preaching. He was preaching for a month. You may have heard this story. He was preaching for a month, and he would have to finish his sermon early because he had a real bad toothache, real bad toothache. And they would come up and pray for him and pray for him and pray for him. This went on a month. Pray for his tooth, that God would heal his tooth. After a month of this, a lady walked up to him, quiet. She sat in the back all the time. She walked up to him, and she said, uh, Pastor, I'm a dentist. If you come to my office tomorrow, I can fix that tooth. <laughs> he went into her office. She fixed his tooth. Who said that medical people aren't spiritual? Right. 
So you might have to have some help. I had to have help. I had to find out. I don't like what's happening. I don't like it. I'm 47 at the time. I don't like what's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm good in so many areas, but I got to find out what this is. I had to know. And once a gifted, spirit-filled counselor helped me find it, and then I asked my wife, is this really what's been happening? She said, yes. Now I got it identified. Well, I can't, I, can't have, I can't have no pastor. I can't have no pastor. I can't have no pastor that's been through something. Then I can't have no members that won't let me be me either. I ain't trying to do all that. You can take that somewhere else. Mm-mm. Not trying to do that. But when I found it, oh, my God. Here is what he said. What brought you here? Why are you here in this mental state? Why are you running? Why are you in a cave? He gave God the answers. And they're the same answers you and I have. You want to know what they are? You can read it right there in verse 14. Let's read it together. I'm going to show you how to list them. And he said, what did he say? I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. Because the children of Israel have torn down your and killed your prophets. I and they seek. Write that scripture down right there. Because his reasons are our, our reasons. There are at least five reasons right there that we also face. His first reason that brought him to the cave, he's saying, I'm tired. I've been serving you a long time. I don't see no results. I've been zealous for the Lord God of hosts. I've been on fire in my life for God and for church and for everything else. I've been on fire, and I haven't seen any results. I haven't seen any outcomes. That's his reason. Y'all read this? You know what he said next? Read it. He says, and the people have forsaken you. This is grief. Grief here says, I have been doing all I can to serve you, and I'm disappointed that I'm not producing anything. What brought you here? You could be disappointed. You had a hope or a dream or something you thought would have happened by now. Your goals didn't come to pass. Something you tried, you invested the money, and it all was lost. You invested in a relationship and it fell apart. You're in school. God told you to go to school and now you failed. You're no longer in school. You've started relationships. You've, you've done all this stuff for God and none of it has panned out. Now you are grieving. You are disappointed. You started the family and it's fallen apart. This is grief. He says, I'm grieving. Listen, listen to what else he said. I'm not just grieving and disappointed. He says, and they have killed your prophets. I'm going to break this down for you. Elijah was the head of the prophets. He led the prophetic school. All the prophets were birthed out of him. He led the church. So he would have, he would have young prophets. Come and be raised up in the church. He would be leading them. Then he would have to travel. He would have to travel. And then when he would come back to the church, leave. The young prophet he has raised up had been killed. Life had killed them. The sword had killed them. Words had killed them. Now they are no longer there, and he's wondering, where, 
Where are they? Where are these people I developed my life around? So he's saying, I feel lost. I feel lost. Do you know, he, he can come back in. Did he leave, leave? <laughs> Dang, Ray, what you put in that boy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've, I've sown my life into these people. I gave my life to this child. And now this child wants to have nothing to do with me. I poured my life into this man, to this woman. Now that situation is lost and possibly lost forever. I invested my last $10 in this business and now it's gone. Now I'm in a place of loss. I did not know when my father left it would affect me like this. So now I grieve for him every night. What do I do about stuff I used to have and now I don't have it? It may not make any sense to you, but I bought my first new car. I bought a new car. I've never bought a new one since. I bought a brand new car. Brand new. I said, what you say? Brand, brand new. I don't know what brand new means. That's just how we say it. It was brand new. Never been driven about, about 700 miles. And a year later, I took it back to them. I lost a lot of money on that car. And I got a ride home to my apartment where I had a bicycle. So I went from a brand new car to a bicycle. The next week, the bicycle was stolen. Now I'm walking. I'm, I grieved. It was lost for me. It was steps back. Do you have any? Are there any people you miss? Do you know? 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 My mother died at 49 because she was grieving over the five children she lost. Do you know? Do you know when a woman has a baby, if the child passes away suddenly, she doesn't stop producing milk. She doesn't lose the connection with her child. Ever. Never. It has to be, it has to be dealt with. If you don't deal with the divorce, if you don't deal with the loss, if you don't deal with relationships being killed, if you don't deal with your money situation being killed, have you ever filed bankruptcy? That's fine, but you never live in bankruptcy. You have to get healing for that. I know I'm making sense. So he says, I feel like I've lost something. Everybody close your eyes. I want to know something. Close your eyes. If you feel like you've lost something, raise your hand. No one's looking except me. Feel like you lost something. Put your hands down. I'm telling you, this is amazingly huge. That when you, when you feel like you lost something, it doesn't matter if you really lost anything. But if you feel like you lost something, this will wear you down so emotionally that you won't be able to do the rudiments of your day. Because you're in a place of loss. And God loves you in this place of loss. He doesn't come anytime you see a baby that's walking and the baby stumbles. No one says to the baby, you dumb idiot, you can't walk. No one says that to the child that's trying to learn how to ride a bicycle. No one says that. So God doesn't say, you going through something, you, are, you ain't even spiritual. He never says that. Never, ever. He says, come on, baby. Come on out. Come on out of that cave. Come on out of that place where you're at. Come on out. And if you come out, I'll meet you out here. 
I can't meet you in there. I can't do anything with you inside that cave. But if you have the guts to come out, I'll meet you as soon as you step out. The Bible says, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. Okay, okay. So watch this now. What's, what's the next two? What does he say? Oh, my God. You killed all the prophets. He's saying, my family is gone. My friends, my neighbors, the people I gave my life to. You killed some of them. Life killed some of them. Some of them will run out. Some of them, they're just gone. I have to find a way to deal with this. Next, he says, I'm the only one left. This is loneliness. I'm just lonely. I'm lonely in a crowded room. How was your Christmas? Oh, it was all right. What was it just all right? I asked people. Where were you? Well, everybody was at, everybody, all of us were there. How did you, well, it was all right. How could it be just all right with you? And you're surrounded with family and friends. Because it's not something outside of you. It's something inside you that's just all right. And you want people around you who simply understand you. All of us want one thing in our life. All of us want at least one person we can tell the truth to. And, and this, folks, this, folks, is the number one reason I, I want to mess you up at least in the top three reasons to get married. It's not sex. It's not money. It is a place of full disclosure. Because the only way you grow is if you're in a climate where someone knows about what you're dealing with and they can help you with it. It's the only way you grow. It's called accountability. And if you're not married to someone you can tell the truth to, if you can't tell them how you're feeling before you do something stupid. <laughs> and if they can't tell you how they feel without you telling them they're stupid, they're either going to find someone else to tell or they're not going to tell anyone and they're going to keep this family in a lot of trouble. You've had all you can take. Let me finish it. <laughs> I'm lonely. That's what he says, God. I alone am left. I am by myself in this thing. I'm on an island by myself with this thing. There are no prophets standing with me. There's nobody agreeing with me. And that's what brought me to this cave. I'm lonely. I don't know how to deal with loneliness. I don't know how to be by myself. Can I give you the bottom line? No one's taught me how to love me. No one's taught me how to enjoy myself. No one's taught me how to believe in myself. So that whether I'm in a room full of people or I'm by myself, I'm always happy. I'm always happy everywhere I'm at. I'm happy in my car. I'm happy in the shower. I'm happy everywhere. I'm happy in a crowd of people. I'm happy in places that are hostile toward me. I'm just happy. What you smiling at? I don't know. I'm just happy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do you understand we're getting ready to take your building? Yeah, I know. Isn't this amazing? <laughs> Isn't this amazing that, that you're here to take the building? You're here to say we can't get a loan. You're here to say it's all bad. And I gave every penny I had. Every penny I had, I put in this building. Wasn't no tithe, wasn't no offering. Every penny I had, I wrote to get this building. Now you're here to take it away. Bless the name of God. <laughs> God is so good. He's so good. Because if he lets you take the building... That's up to him. So if you can take it, take it. Well, this lawyer is going to, you know, do the stuff, and they're going to do the stuff, and we're going to take your land. We're going to take all this. This is wonderful. So the elder asked me, what are you going to do tonight? I'm, this is date night. It's Thursday night. I'll never forget. It is Thursday. It's date night. 
I'm going to go pick up my wife. I'm going to dinner. We got dinner planned. I'm going to eat with my wife. I'm going to look across the table from her over that candlelight glistening in her eyes, making them cheekbones pop out, and I'm going to look at her and have dinner. That's what I'm going to do. Then I'm going to go home, and if she's in the mood, we're going to be husband and wife tonight. Then we're going to, okay, y'all know. Then I'm going to wake up in the morning. What? Then I'm going to wake up in the morning, and I'm coming back to this building. That's what we're getting ready to do. Look, that's what keeps me from being lonely. Depend on nobody else. If you marry besides your wife or your husband, who are you going to talk to? Y'all do not make me start walking on these chairs back there to talk to you. I'm lonely, and now I'm scared. They seek to take my life. I'm scared. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to explain it. I, don't, I'm, I know I'm a man of God. I know I'm a woman of God, but I just want to be honest right now. I'm, I'm, I'm pooping bricks. <laughs> I'm scared. I, I'm out of my mind. I'm so fearful, I don't even know how to run. I, I don't know what to do, and I'm stuck in this place. I'm scared. Who can you tell you're scared? Oh, I can tell God. Okay, that's wonderful. Who else could you tell? I'm just scared. I'm scared. I'm fearful. I'm apprehensive. I don't know how this is going to work out. I just feel like it's a lot of risk. And if, ooh-wee, if this one don't work out, I don't think I'm going to make it. This is the last one I can do. No, you, you, you say that when you're talking about sit-ups. <laughs> you, you cry, this is the last push-up I can do. You never say, never put this in the universe. This is the last thing I can go through. Don't say that because the universe will give you another little thing, and before you know it, you'll be done. You won't be dead, but you'll be finished. You'll never attempt anything else in your life. Watch this next verse, and then we'll get out of here. Verse 15. Elijah comes out of the cave, and he's already told the Lord, I don't feel like my work makes any sense. I've been working so hard for you. I don't see any outcome. I'm lonely. I'm afraid. I feel a deep sense of loss. And I'm just grieving. I'm not mad at nobody. I'm just, I'm just grieving. I'm crying all the time. He steps out and God doesn't even respond to his problems. <laughs> He's not going to respond to yours. Except like this. Read this and I want you to tell me what he said. I'll cover it later. Read it out loud. Then God said to him, what did he say? Haziel is king of Syria. Next verse. Also, you shall. And, and Elijah, the son of Shephath, of Abel, Meholah, you shall anoint. I'll explain all that later. But what did God tell Elijah? Go! Go back 
to what I called you to do. Just because something happened doesn't mean I didn't say it. And he doesn't, the word for forward there is go back. Because while you were depressed, while you were struggling with hopelessness and loneliness, there are some things God still wanted to do for you in your life that you left behind. And God is saying, I want you to go back and get what I had for you. Because you never lose anything in God. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's message. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. 